0: all right hello everyone
1: welcome back to pop cult x we're sorry we took a week off you know we do have lives i guess (laughs) outside of uh of this youtube podcast show but we're here pop cult x episode 26 coming at you live and direct from nevada and i am daniel
0: and Gabriel coming out of San Diego. Let's get to it. Yes, let's get to it. So,
1: um, I'll get right into it. So it was a very busy, like, I don't want to say award season, but red carpet season, I guess. Mm-hmm. So we had like um, the MTV Movie Awards. There was the Met Gala, and of course the Emmys that just happened. Now, did I watch any of it?
0: <laughs>
1: Bits and pieces. I mean, I mean, there was some standout looks of like from the Met Gala yeah. that really, um stood out to me like first off i thought was like Billie eilish Mm -hmm. her um 1940s inspired gown was just amazing Mm -hmm. um of course uh kim kardashian was just i don't know what she was doing looking like a dementor i think from harry potter which was you know interesting but it it made me think what is the met gala Mm -hmm. it's so i went back and looked okay it's a benefit fair fundraising charity that benefits the costume institute of New York City, right? So I was like, "Oh, okay, that explains why um, ASAP Rocky was wearing this big oversized quilt because mm-hmm. it's not meant to be a fashion thing; it's meant to be more of a costume avant-garde mm-hmm. type of experience." So once I looked at it through that lens, it was like, "Cool, I get it. Those are really cool." Did you see any of the looks from the Met Gala?
0: I did. the The standout for me, I, I would say, is AOC. Um, her white gown that had mm-hmm, tax mm-hmm. the rich written, tax the rich right you know sewn in in red i thought it was an interesting statement um given that the people all around her were are extremely wealthy i think that it's like <laughs> thirty thirty thousand dollars and up in order to be able to mm-hmm. participate in in the gala um so she got a lot of backlash regarding that saying like oh you're supposed to be a progressive and here you are you know schmoozing it up with all the elite um however i thought she's she's sacrificed a lot in her life and she works really hard and i think that she's one of the few politicians that really puts her money where her mouth is um as it were and so like give her a freaking break and let her have some Mm -hmm. fun the dress was donated she didn't pay for it it like taxpayers didn't pay for it you know it it still carried her personal sentiment and and had her political view on it so she still was able to make a statement but It's like let's give some of those people a break. Like they're not Christ. They're not perfect. They need to breathe. They, you know, they need to be (laughs) able to have moments of frivolity, just like the rest of us. So, Mm -hmm. um, like it's like let let her have her moment. She can look glamorous and have fun. She's a young woman. Let her have her thing. And and it is basically like a nonprofit, right? They're donating money to benefit Mm -hmm. for for this benefit. And yes, it is extremely rich people, but you know having worked and volunteered within the nonprofit world, rich people are what keep a lot of those nonprofits going with their donations. Um, You know, the backbone of those nonprofits obviously are the people volunteering and and, uh, donating their, the manpower to run organizations. But, you know, believe me, they're definitely looking out for those donations and for those people that are very charitable and donate hundreds of thousands of dollars to organizations to keep them afloat. So, you know, it's a very fine line. Like, yes, let's eat the rich. Let's tax the rich. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like when they're trying to do something that's somewhat good, let's like not bite the hand that feeds us, you know, in that instance. Um So, yeah, so she was a standout for me. Kim Kardashian, I was glad to see her face covered for once and not have to stare at her. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my hot take.
1: That's your hot take, yeah. yeah.
0: There there was an um, indigenous model that, that I think upstaged mm-hmm. everyone. Um, mm-hmm. it, the theme was American fashion. And so, of course, I think it's very um, apropos for her to show up and stage, upstage everyone being an indigenous person of the Americas. And um, she's very beautiful. I Her name is now, of course, not sticking out of my head. So I feel guilty for that. But um, I did start <laughs> following her on, on all her social media. Um, she's a, a really hot up and coming model, um, fashion icon, but also very political and is also an activist within, um, indigenous rights community. Um, so that was a standout for me. Any, other than that, I can't really say that anyone stood out in a positive way for me other than those two women. I, I you know, thinking now I, the most of the men were kind of boring to me. Uh, typically they, right. They are not mm-hmm. standouts. Um, I think that uh, who's uh, from Schitt's Creek, actor um, Dan Levy or Eugene Levy, Dan Levy, um, the Mm -hmm. son, he, he made a statement with the fashion that he had. His, some of his stuff, I think for me is hit or miss. Sometimes I think it's very cool and very avant-garde. And then sometimes it's almost costumey and cartoony. It's almost like he, like his mom on Schitt's Creek where some of her outfits are like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's like the emperor has no clothes. Like, did did she just buy it because it's like a label, or the designer said it was cool, but really it's like almost a fucking mm-hmm. joke. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, some of his clothes can kind of get like that for me. Um, but I, I do appreciate that he tries to take risk in his fashion, and um he is pushing the the line and the boundaries for men to be able to wear more creative things because. A tuxedo and a suit are the most boring things to look at. It It's just right. the worst. Um, I think that
1: was part of the joke that I saw was like a lot of the men who went dressed in just a classic tuxedo, they were, looked like the waitstaff. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I was laughing about now, that.
0: Either waiters need to dress down <laughs> 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 or guys need to wear something else. They and,
1: need to step up a little bit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like let the waiters wear their Birkenstocks and like their, <laughs> <laughs> Grateful Dead t-shirts or whatever and, and let the man wear suits and then maybe it'll, it'll look uh, a little more fashionable, but uh, yeah, that, that was like my, my main uh, couple people that I liked. Uh, I think the the other award show that was really about the fashion was on um, the MTV awards. Mm-hmm. I, I literally heard nothing about the music. It was all, all about just what people were wearing.
1: Right. I agree. I mean, I, I didn't watch any of those award shows. It's the only one that I remember seeing, um and it was kind of a joke really was the um megan fox's outfit Mm -hmm. and the reason i say that is because i didn't see when it happened but fortune feimster made a joke about what she was wearing so she wore like this oversized t-shirt that had like the the outline of like a skinny model basically so who wore it better type of thing so that i saw that from her and i thought that was hilarious
0: yeah because megan fox i think it was i think it was an after party that she went to where her outfit was basically a see-through right and so yeah. you could see every inch of her body looked amazing she's gorgeous and then um fortune wore uh like you said that t-shirt that has like a, mm-hmm. a beach body <laughs> on it and it was so hilarious um the other one that i think that people were talking about in regards to her body you know good bad or indifferent was madonna i don't know if you saw the new look she's rocking
1: no i didn't see her
0: uh, you have to google madonna vmas so how shall i put this I'll so, do it right now so that it does air yeah i so it's it's you have to be careful because we're not trying to be ageist or misogynistic um so i'm not going to try to i'm not i'm going to try to refrain from criticizing her in any negative light but the fact is that she does very much look different in one particular area it might be her her derriere her rear end it's uh it's kim kardashian like in size now so it was shocking and she's she's basically wearing a thong uh and she turned around Mm -hmm. and and showed it off she posted some pictures on her instagram where she was like pissing at a urinal you know trying to be provocative as always right right and it was shocking and a lot of people i think kathy griffin in particular went on twitter and defended her and said you know you're you're sexist you're anti-feminist if, if you're um, critiquing her her body and and her as a, an, a woman of a certain age and I, I i think i agree in a certain respect like people that maybe say like oh she shouldn't be wearing something so revealing that i think is sexist and misogynistic but for people to have an honest reaction to someone that has extreme plastic surgery i think that isn't necessarily sexist or misogynistic it, it's the same way that you know, people reacted to Kenny Rogers when he had his, like, face lift and eye work done. Mm-hmm. And it's just shocking. Like, you have someone yeah, that's been yeah. in the limelight for a long time. She has probably one of the best bodies, like, of anyone being a dancer and, and, you know, being in top shape. Like, she was known for having an incredible body and being very thin and petite and muscular. And then to see her with a gigantic fat ass it is shocking like it's it's, i think it's human nature and i think that that's where i think people get critical of you know woke woke culture or you know people that like you you can't joke or you can't make statements without being afraid of of offending people when it clearly is you know um a very dramatic change in her appearance and to have an an honest reaction to it. And I'm not saying, you know, to insult her Madonna or to, to say it's a bad choice. It's her body. It's her choice to adorn it, to insert to whatever she wants to do. It's her body. But, it, it it you know it, it, she's a provocateur. She knew that people were going to comment about it. She knew that wearing a thong on on national TV was going to get her attention. Obviously, with mm-hmm. the good comes the bad. Uh, I'm not saying that she deserves any negative reaction, but you, you know what? When, what what can you expect when you triple the size of your body in certain aspects, maybe even quadruple? and and then (laughs) expect people to not have a reaction to
1: it to not notice her right 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 i agree and it's i don't know it's like um what was it there was like an old conan o'brien clip from his show where he was interviewing a guest who was wearing a very low cut um top and and she was as he was interviewing her she was he was just looking down there and she was like Conan eyes up here and he was like, well, what do you expect? I wasn't going to look. Yeah. So it's like, you know, but it's, that's on her brand though, Madonna. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's like on brand for her to create a stir reaction because that's what she's known for. And, and Hey, if she has, still has the ability to do so, why not?
0: Yeah. There, there's someone else that has been trending in pop, pop culture that I want to get to, a little bit later in our podcast that is a def- definitely a provocateur but I do want to touch base on on the Emmys real quick um what were your actions I know you said you didn't really watch it um but I'm sure some of the winners have sort of trickled <laughs> into it and I know oh, yes. one in particular I, okay. probably made you really happy
1: <laughs> yes for sure now I, I I likened it to um to a parents at an elementary school talent show so they go there to see their kids you know and Once their kids perform, they usually leave. Mm -hmm. So me watching the Emmys, I was Mm -hmm. there for my child. Not my child per se, but I was there for Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. And that was the only show I was really there for. Besides Gene Smart winning for Hacks, that was also what I liked a lot as well. Um, Ted Lasso took home seven awards between the Primetime Emmys and the Creative Arts Emmys. And I couldn't have been more thrilled for the entire cast Mm -hmm and just hearing their speeches it was just wonderful to know that you know they've built such a rapport with their fans and the uh, and their audience that we feel like we're going along with that ride with them mm-hmm. when they're winning so to be able to celebrate that joy with them as they're accepting their awards and to hear their speeches especially Jason Sudeikis's um, acceptance win speech for his best actor in a comedy series when you could see that he almost cracked up or he almost started crying choked up a couple of times Mm -hmm. because it means that much to him. And it meant, you know, it means that much to me and I'm sure fans across the world as well. It's just, it's, it's such a phenomenal show and I can go on and on and on and about all of it's what it's doing. Um, but I'm just so happy and I was just like, yeah, yeah. And then I hearing some of like their, um, I guess they did like this after, I guess after the awards, they all had all the cast members that were there in a semicircle, and then they did the Roy Kent cheer. You know, like the, he's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. It's it was just awesome. So yeah. I was really thrilled. Ted Lasso, it really was really awesome. Um, been watching season two, and if you haven't seen it yet, I know you haven't. You need to watch it. It is really good. They just did like a standalone episode where you learn more about um, Coach Beard. Mm-hmm the um brendan hunt character and it's just it's it was like an homage to uh martin scorsese film after hours so it was really well done i really enjoyed it it felt me like an edgar wright movie Mm -hmm. it had that cinematic quality to it and it was just it was just such a wonderful episode so yes go ted lasso I'm all about that Lasso here. It's just, (laughs) Uh it was, it was just so great to see. So, usually things that I like and that I root for never win. Yeah. So, when this did, I was like, yeah, I felt like I was part of it.
0: Yeah. You're, you're definitely picked a winner with Ted Lasso. I think that that's going to continue. Like, as far as their seasons go, and something horribly goes wrong, uh, they're, (laughs) they're definitely a a fan favorite. Um, One of the things that I really liked about the Emmys and in particular the Ted Lasso um actors or gr- group of actors is the co-star um i think she plays the owner i don't know her name hannah um something super like english well <laughs> i have it written down
1: yeah i know who you're talking yeah. about she plays rebecca winton yeah right
0: so she looked like she was having a blast through the whole oh yeah the parts that i saw i didn't so i i didn't watch the beginning of it i missed a, a good chunk of it and i started watching it towards the end um and so but she was just like cheering she was like you know standing with other other stars that were there and and she just looked like she was having a blast and I I love being able to see someone who's like really enjoying themselves in a Mm -hmm. moment like they're not taking themselves too seriously as far as like oh we're all actors and you know this is a serious event like it's it's a party it's like a celebration of the work that you've done which is really cool but it's also like it's hollywood it's Um, it's fun. You guys get to play pretend for a living and get awards and fame and fortune (laughs) for it. Um, So I really like that. Um, the other thing that I really thought was hilarious was Bowen Yang um, from SNL. Um, he came out in these like big silver platforms and he was like walking across Mm, the stage. mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm getting my steps. (laughs) And he's like, I think uh, uh, just a little bit more and I'll be able to get my steps. Um, I thought it was really funny. I think he's really, um, underrated and underutilized under, on on SNL. I think he has like a really cool sense of humor, that's um, a little bit different and to see like an out gay Asian is something that we never get to see on television so that's kind of a, a breath of fresh air um, another thing that I liked that happened was um, I think RuPaul won like his 11th Emmy so he's mm-hmm. won more Emmys than I think anyone um, if I'm <laughs> correct if it, you know, if I, I read that correctly um, a lot of the awards are for executive producing his show and then also as host mm-hmm. of the show so he is kind of accumulated a lot in that way um but i thought it was really cool because you have someone that's made his notoriety for being in drag for dressing up a woman and then kind of pivoting and then becoming a host of a show and introducing that subculture to america uh when he won like the crowd of stars like were cheering you know and i thought it was really cool to see someone who was part of like such a subculture be so welcomed into mainstream society and um, be awarded for that. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and I think that was it. I want to say that there was one other moment that I thought was cool, but I can't think of it now.
1: The the only thing that really stood out to me was also Debbie Allen winning the oh, yes. Governor's Award. Yes, yes that yes, was she... cool. That was really cool. And her speech when she told, stop that clock, stop that music, and basically, you know, shut up. I'm here to talk. Let me yeah. have my moment. I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah. And, and to piggyback on that, like I think almost there, like after she won her award, um, the director of Queen's Gambit won and controversially um, stopped – and said stop the clock like you're not going to play me off with the music and he took i think like five minutes or oh, yeah. five minutes yeah and it was yeah. so uncomfortable to watch like it was super cringy mm-hmm. and uh, the um the people that are involved with producing the emmys are pissed off with him because he's like he's an insider like all these people know like production they know how mm-hmm. long it takes they know that mm-hmm. like you have two to three minutes max.
1: They're in a strict schedule yeah. yeah and
0: that that if you take five minutes you're cutting off someone else's three minutes mm-hmm. and so it's like mm-hmm. a really big dick move to do that debbie allen it's okay because as you know her bio played she worked her ass off to get where she's at and she's mm-hmm. icon status director of mm-hmm. Queen's Gambit, who, like, no one knows your name. And <laughs> you're not. Like, you're not at that that place where you can tell people, like, I'm going to take my moment, and I'm going to step on the time of everyone else that's going to win. And it came off really bad. It was super cringy. Like, even his speech yeah. to um, Anya, I think her name is Anya Taylor-Joy, um, mm-hmm. when he was like, oh, when you look at her and she looks back at you, and it was just like, oh, like, what are you <laughs> – don't this is like becoming a like gross me too movement almost like i felt right comfortable for her and and she obviously she looked touched because they probably do have a good relationship as director and actress but it was just a very weird like sermon like it was just like stop talking accept your award thank you and then go off and then send letters or emails to the people that you want to thank so that we Mm -hmm. can get on with our lives like no one wants to hear your speech move on
1: right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that leads me to um a thing that i was thinking about with the emmys is that so we have the traditional broadcast networks and channels mm-hmm. that you know cable then we also have the streaming platforms which apple plus you know netflix which is Queen Ga- queen's gambit um do you think they might should or do you think they will separate those into two different award shows
0: I don't think they will and I don't think they should because the quality almost surpasses now like I think that when it comes to quality I look towards Netflix, Apple Plus, Disney Channel. I'm not looking for ABC, CBS, NBC. So I agree. Yeah, and unless it, unless it's that, unless the streaming services are like oh, we've outgrown you Emmys and we want our own <laughs> you know there you go <laughs> whatever you want to call it but i think that it'll just pivot towards the focus is like not on those those stars so one thing that i could see is changing is like typically the the studio uh that hosts the emmys in this case i forget the host name the comedian they kept like promote they'll bring in their own actors right from the shows that they want to right. promote they, right they put their own commercials I, I would like to see less of that <laughs> uh, and because it's like, typically it shows that like aren't really that great. And that's why they're mm-hmm. trying to promote them. And then they like drag mm-hmm. out those actors and actresses and it's like uncomfortable to watch. Cause it's like, here you have these like really great actors and actresses that are like a list. And then you bring out the D list actors and actresses to like give out an award or do a little skit. And it's like, it's not funny. Um, yeah. So I would like less of that, but I don't think there'll be a separation because, uh, the, the Emmys are so historic and you know i think people want the Emmy versus you know whatever imaginary award that you can think of it would have to <laughs> garner a lot of respect you know it would have to well,
1: i just i just think that maybe the network's broadcast networks are, are will might get a little tired of losing out and, th- and instead of stepping up their quality of programming say you know what they're not traditional they're not emmy worthy they're they don't belong here i'm just wondering if there's going to be some sort of feud coming yeah, up with that i, I get, don't know maybe I i'm just manifesting something
0: that yeah like i think you're trying to start a, <laughs> you're a fight to, yeah to, to <laughs> the pot, right? uh, I, I could see that that the broadcast would get a little envious and but like i think that that happened when cable got involved so like when sopranos started winning all the awards mm-hmm. when true blood when you know um the wire started winning a lot of awards like that happened with cable. And then slowly, but surely it wasn't a joke anymore. It was like, Oh, HBO came to play. Like we're not fucking around. Like they're going to. And so it's like, yeah, they're going to step up their. They need to step up their game. If they Mm -hmm. want to compete with these other markets, you know, these other studios, Um, they may say that they want it to split, but what they want to happen isn't going to be what's going to happen. And so they may have to just like, lick their wounds and start producing better quality content i mean right right that's what it is like Mm -hmm. you're you're not getting attention or your people are are going from your network or your your broadcast network to streaming services will step your shit up that's that's the, the you know that that's it and i think that they have the money to attract big time stars they have the talent available we all know that there are screenwriters there's show writers comedians actors actresses that are out there dying to get their Mm -hmm. work produced and put out there so like give them a chance that's what my big thing is like you're failing with what you currently have like it's time to start investigating in new things so that they have their chance and it won't be so boring and it'll be exciting and you'll get new uh followers you'll get new watchers to actually engage with your show so hopefully that's what happens
1: instead of a seventh version of CSI or something. How about something new? Yeah, I
0: know. To be honest, though, I saw the commercial for Isn't It CSI Las Vegas, and I kind of want to watch it. Yeah, (laughs) I don't like any of the CSIs. I don't know why this one has appealed to me. Like, I don't know if it's the actress in it um, or what that caught my eye, but it did catch and I was like, I might actually want to watch that. I don't know. I, I, (laughs) I, I typically am not into those like, science like criminology murder Mm -hmm. stuff like that it's that's like not my thing but for some reason that commercial worked and i might check it out i don't know interesting yeah
1: they'll check that out
0: other thing that i don't want to get too involved with because it's a downer and i don't want to depress our listeners but it kind of has to do with pop culture in the sense that it's what people are really talking about and it's the the disappearance and possible murder of um gabby i think her last name is was petito um Mm -hmm. i don't really want to get into it because i don't want to offend anyone and i think that to respect her life and her family it would be wrong to like criticize anything regarding that but what i'm interested in is the phenomenon of um, american society and how we are obsessed with missing slash murdered slash kidnapped white girls specifically i agree and Mm -hmm. it's really interesting from a psychological point of view i think that we have women who go missing in like large numbers like native american indigenous women women of color like black women mexican women um at the border in in uh in, in texas um all over the place and you you never hear their names you never see their cases um however the second that you see a young white woman it becomes like the lead story on the news it gets put in circulation it becomes a movie it's the tv show of the week it's 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 a money maker for people and it's sad to say that mm-hmm. that it is good for ratings but we have such a fascination um there's an actual term that i think that that um I I wish I would have written it down um, for this particular phenomenon um, where people are just drawn to that. And it's, it's really interesting for me because why, why, why are we only obsessed with that particular segment of community? And like, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I get that people are interested in, in missing people. It's, it's sad. You get scared for yourself. It's like, you think about your children or your parents or your whatever, but why don't – why doesn't that compassion then go towards other segments of the community? Like why aren't you sad right. when like a third year old black girl goes missing or like exactly. a, a 22-year-old mom that's an indigenous woman in Wyoming goes missing? Like it's really weird. It's like um, – I think there's that movie Nightcrawler with Renee Russo and – um, God, what's his name? Uh, Isn't that Gyllenhaal? Jake Gyllenhaal um, where she's like missing white girls is what sells. Like – Mm -hmm. murdered white people like we don't care about the crime in compton like we care about the crime when someone breaks into a nice white rich neighborhood like that's what makes people right and and that's what was really interesting about that movie for me is that like it was such a truth bomb that like yeah when you watch the news like no one gives a shit about you know someone that's murdered um you know in let's say chicago or inglewood but someone gets murdered in bel-air or in beverly hills and all of a sudden it's like the biggest story in the world and it's unfortunate like i i don't want to take away from the compassion that people have for for that particular case like it's sad she should definitely deserves justice like hopefully the case is is resolved with her murderer being brought to justice it'll never make it okay for her family but at least that is a minimum but at the same time like let's put that same effort and 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 you know i don't know if enthusiasm is this right word but that same (laughs) amount of thought and um you know attention to other Mm -hmm. situations where other women are facing the same thing um and so i i thought it was an interesting thing to kind of hear your thoughts when it comes to pop culture like it's what sells like if if you look at like bookstores like more than half of the titles are like gone girl missing girl like it always has like girl in the title if you go look at the books like
1: local woman missing yeah like it's always
0: like it's all it's it's such a weird fascination that we have with that particular type of crime um and then you see like the movies the tv shows the like podcasts that talk about it um Mm -hmm. and it's it's interesting i don't know it's i i i you know i i guess i am part of that because i did watch part of the news regarding that but i think i'm definitely not like other people that like start listening to the testimony and the uh, you know the body cams of the police and all that stuff like i'm not i don't become obsessed with it um, but it, it's interesting how pop culture like is so in, enthralled with that
1: no you're absolutely right and it is such a strange phenomenon because like you said, you take a woman of color and same situation happens. It gets maybe a um, 30-second clip in the, at the end of the local news. If it doesn't make lucky. all the primetime yeah. news, if they're lucky, yeah. Right. It doesn't make um, the 24-hour, 24-7 news cycle like this case does. And it's so weird that America, and I, I, I would, would you say the world at large? Because mm-hmm. I remember the um, Amanda Knox in Italy, that case yeah. drew so much attention as well although i'll be a little bit different circumstance but still same a white woman Um, and those get thrust up and propelled into that 24 7 news cycle and it's all we see and hear about so it's not like you had to go far or out of your way to catch any news clips of it because it's everywhere
0: yeah
1: um but it's yeah it's so weird i was thinking about the same thing that you just said it's like how come it only happens when it's a white woman who's the victim Mm -hmm of this and why not everyone else and why aren't we more concerned about these other women who it happens to
0: right and and the thing that's concerning is that those other women you know the women in, in of color or or um you know that are let's say trans women that are black women mm-hmm. hispanic women they're more at risk so yeah they're yeah. more likely to be you know victims of of assault of crime and that's what's like even more of a puzzling thing is like we have to be watching out for them. Like we have to make sure that they're safe. And here we are like focused on like, you know, I, like I said, I don't want to get too, too hardcore on it because like <laughs> it is a real life situation with like a real person mm-hmm. that didn't deserve anything bad to happen to her. Right. Um, so I think I'll just leave it at that. Like, I think, you know, I don't want to get too into it because it it's, I feel my heart goes out for her family it's a really sad situation, um, but we need to we need to carry that same concern for everyone.
1: Right, I, I think, and just to tie it back into pop culture a little more is um, the book by John Grisham, A Time to Kill.
0: I was um, literally it, just going to say that. Like,
1: oh, really? Yeah, so, so <laughs> you see, you see, um, with Matthew McConaughey, the movie, his Bola. character, the lawyer, at the end gives a, in his closing arguments gives a whole big spiel about what happened to the black girl but then he says close your eyes and he tells him the whole story then last sentence now imagine she's white yep and that's what wins the case for him but just it takes that in order for them the jury to to you know feel something so it's just like it's that weird phenomenon yeah
0: i it's so funny that you you said that because i was literally going to mention the movie and then i was like god damn it i can't think of the name of the movie and i'm like santa bullock (laughs) other and like as i'm talking i'm trying to think of the name of the movie and i was like oh fuck it I, if my old ass can't think of it like why even bring it up but like that's exactly what i was thinking about and it was such a powerful mm-hmm. move like it's probably one yeah. of the few joel schumacher movies that i actually like and lost boys is another one but um mm-hmm. such a good movie like Sandra bullock was like so charismatic in that movie uh um, yeah. matthew mcconaughey was great samuel L. jackson was amazing oh, yeah. in it Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was such a good movie because it's like such an honest representation of America and American court system. And I, I, that's the good part. I think of pop culture or like Hollywood, when people try to talk about Hollywood and how horrible they are, but like they honestly have done a good job with like putting a mirror up and to America and saying like, this is who you are. And Mm -hmm. it, sometimes it takes those images or those movies or those stars to say or to do those things for people to be like, Oh shit. Like we look, we do that. Like we're, that's us. (laughs) And, And then it's like, people start thinking like, and, and like, that's like where I think Hollywood doesn't get credit enough is that they've really moved our cultural forward as a society when it comes to like racial acceptance and like civil rights and, you know, acceptance of like transgender people or, Uh, it's not perfect because the representation is very minimal when it comes to Mm -hmm. Hollywood, but Mm -hmm. they have, you know, tried. like there has been some movement and some work to try to spread it. Because if not for like television or movies, a lot of people in like the Bible belt or like the South would not know about, you know, gay people. Cause those, a lot of those people are forced to be in the closet. A lot of the trans people are like forced to hide. So like it takes those shows like willing grace to like be forced into those areas and then they're like oh they're funny or they're like not so crazy like they're like us and then like Mm -hmm. things start to change and then we can do things politically and they make the like serious stuff come to you know bring that to the table so um so yeah i i really love that movie that that's if if any of our listeners hasn't seen a time to kill with matt matt mcconaughey samuel jackson sandra bullock like Go watch it. It's such a good movie. Definitely. Um, it's amazing. That's like a classic. Such a good movie.
1: It is.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it, And it really hits home to this point that you're making. Yeah. yeah. And it really is a mirror to what America is, even though it might, we might not like it what we see, mm-hmm. but it is. Yeah. And it's it's up to us to, you know, push the envelope forward to, to make the change better for us. Yeah.
0: So another thing that I wanted to talk about that's not as depressing is <laughs> and is is when I said about being a provocateur and being very Madonna-esque is Little Nas X released his new album. Mm-hmm. Um he sort of like now famously posed like as a pregnant man, you know, symbolic of like the birthday. Right, of the right. Album. He had like a
1: baby shower, yeah. too. <laughs>
0: and so I and like and I just I it it makes me so happy to see how much like he's such an expert at like pushing people's buttons who are conservative and it's like he knows how to like expertly do that in a way Mm -hmm. that like it's not offensive it's just it's it's funny it's like you you find this offensive so i'm gonna do it but like if you were to take a a step back like you're really getting offended about a man like pretending to be pregnant like it's absurd Mm -hmm. but it's (laughs) it it offends him and it's funny and he releases you know more and more videos where he's pushing the envelope of like expressing you know male sexuality gay sexuality and uh but my whole point being what i wanted to talk about is the new album came out and it's like put your money where your mouth is like what is the talent involved with this character this person who is so notorious so good at twitter and social media and yeah he's a marketing genius he really Mm -hmm. is um, and so I listened to the whole album. Um, I would recommend it. I think it's it's a really strong album. He actually has lyrics that that cover that about saying he, he's sort of speaking in the voice of a critic and saying, like, even if your album is good, it's still gonna be a flop. Even like you're not good, you're you're a meme, you're a character. Mm-hmm. And so he knows that about himself. He's very self-aware of what critics and like those who are, you know, critical of his talent say. And so he knew that he had to bring an album that is more than just gimmick, and I think he, he was really successful in that. He talks a lot about his self doubt, about his you know depression, his being you know closeted, his mom having like a drug addiction problem, and his first love breaking up with them. All of those things that I think that are emotionally speaking to um, to an audience that really make you connect with the artist. Um, a lot of the songs surprisingly are like. Borderline pop punk. Like it brings right, that cards. Yeah. Like I was listening to it. I'm like, this doesn't even sound like hip hop. This sounds like he's like mm-hmm. going down the line of like not um uh, not necessarily like a blink one eighty two, but like um what was it? Sum some forty one, like a sum forty one, mm. like early two thousands pop punk feel to it. And I liked it. I thought it was really cool. Like I it was interesting to hear him sing versus him rap. Um, but he, right. he did, he does the songs that are traditionally like hip hop and rap are really good. Um, there's a song in particular called in the Citadel that I, I thought that was really Yeah. Great.
1: That's one I was list, last, listening to, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Last night I was, cause you mentioned the album coming out. So I said, let me go hear it. Cause you know, I haven't really heard much of his music yeah. and yeah, it was really good. And that song into the Citadel really stood out to me.
0: Yeah. I, I really like that he, you know, implemented guitars, um, singing it, it, made it so it's not like he's not a one trick pony. Um Cause I think mm-hmm. it, it would have been easy for him to do the, I, I forget the name of the song he did with Billy Ray Cyrus, but um uh, old town country, Country I don't know, whatever <laughs> and, and where he like mixes that country mm-hmm. with the hip hop. Mm-hmm. And because that's what garnered him his initial fame. And I'm so glad because I don't really find country music all that interesting. So to see him, you know, take it down this really interesting route is really cool um i really liked a lot of the collaborators that he did um I, he megan the stallion is on it um doja cat elton, is john. On it. elton john yeah he plays mm-hmm. a piano on one of his songs which is really cool um which is almost like a passing of the torch i think i think that elton john is an icon as far as being a provocative provocative person of being mm-hmm. a star mm-hmm. obviously being like an out gay man um later in his life like he didn't initially start his career that way but i think that speaks more to the time than it does to you know elton john's personality or or whatever uh, and it's kind of interesting that like an elder states person is like working with someone young and helping them get their career and like passing the torch i thought that was really cool of him um, i'm not necessarily like that huge of an elton john fan so i'm glad that he wasn't singing that it's his piano playing it's his voice. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard, if, if you've listened to Lady Gaga's full album, Chromatica, uh, but there's a song um, that he's With on. Elton John, yeah. yeah it's kind
1: of weird. It didn't sound like Elton John. It,
0: it sounds like Ozzy Osbourne to me. <laughs> like it sounds like old Ozzy Osbourne that is not there vocally and is like auto-tuned, like making – noise vocally but not necessarily singing and it's obviously Mm -hmm. he's old i'm not gonna like drag elton john he's an icon (laughs) you're old man (laughs) (laughs) but i'm glad to just hear you playing Um, piano
1: just to your point about being old and just because you know tony bennett is old but his voice did you hear the new album they released love for sale with tony bennett and lady gaga
0: i uh, honestly i haven't been able to listen to it I, i forgot about it
1: it is Wow, their vocals are so powerful. Go listen to it. I think it's the only track they've released so far is called "Love for Sale," yeah. and Tony Bennett starts off almost a cappella, and it's just wow. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: He's he's one in a million. I think he's like a voice. You know, when people say like a voice like that doesn't come just- along, like he literally is like just mm-hmm. blessed with a, a beautiful instrument with his voice and his talent. Um, He's an icon. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't know anyone that doesn't love, literally love Tony Bennett. <laughs> he's so cool.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. So other than that, though, like I think the the Montero album is really good. I recommend it to everyone. Like support. I think Little Nas X. I think he's good for the music scene, for the hip hop community, bringing some you know fresh air, some you know some some diversity into to that genre of music. Like,
1: I agree i agree because it couldn't get a little um one trick pony yeah in a way and i think he does mix it up quite a bit and he shuffles things around and he does a great job of that yeah. so like i said i hadn't really heard him until last night and yeah i really enjoyed it yeah
0: yeah very cool um so so yeah that was what i've been listening to lately um anything that you've been outside of that tony better um, album
1: i listened to the new album by imagine dragons you know Imagine dragons you know dan Reynolds, I think his name is from Las Vegas as well. So that was kind of cool, it. but it's called Mercury Act One. And, and one of the songs on there really got to me, it's called Wrecked. And the reason it got to me was he's, he wrote it and he, he spoke about it a little bit was that he wrote it for his sister-in-law who passed away from cancer. Mm. And he's basically saying that how he, it's hard for him to move on. He misses her. And it's just an emotional release to that, but it can be, I think, um, taken into so many different ways not just someone passing from cancer but it can be like a long a lost love or you know and it's just so many different ways you can view that track and it's just so powerful so imagine dragons their new album was really good i enjoyed that
0: i have to check it out i think that they don't get as much respect from like an art from an artistic sense that i think that Mm -hmm. they're like they kind of get lumped in not as bad as nickelback but they're sort of like I want to almost call it like jock rock like it's like like they don't necessarily... <laughs> Well it's
1: it's that whole powerful arena rock almost right yeah, and like, it's like, like they so don't... many different voices and
0: Yeah they they don't get like props for being our artists. they're they're like I don't know like it, it's almost like I want it like a jock rock like it's not it's mm-hmm. anthemic it's loud but they're definitely like a cool group I I do like listening to their music I would pro- I would like to see them live in concert I think it would be really good Mm-hmm. Um, to to watch them live um but i i think that that's like it falls within like the guilty pleasure category but like they're definitely <laughs> but like yeah. where i don't want it to be because like i think they are a really good band like i don't think that they are nickelback um or someone of that
1: Lifehouse. Or yeah something. like
0: it they're they deserve more respect i i i really do like them and i think that they should get more respect when it comes to the creativity that the you know music the lyric writing, things like that. So um, I'm going to check that out. That definitely sounds really good to listen to.
1: Yeah,
0: I think you should. Nice.
1: (laughs) Well, I think what I have, uh, I'm going to say for next episode is it's Hispanic Heritage Month. Yeah. um, And I really want us to focus on episode, devote a whole episode just to what that means to both of us, Mm -hmm. because obviously we're both of that, Obviously. I guess I'm half that persuasion, obviously.
0: <laughs> look at that face, Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at him. Can't you tell? <laughs>
1: but I think I want us to go ahead. And I guess the main thing that I, when I first, you know, every September, it's, it comes around. Mm-hmm. But Hispanic heritage versus Latinx, mm-hmm. you know, where is the the cutoff? Where do the lines uh, merge? And can you be both? Can you just be one? And now I know the technical definitions of it, mm-hmm. but if we're looking at it just for like a cultural, pop cultural sense of it, is there, can we blur those lines even more? Yeah. So I'm hoping to get us a nice guest appearance that can speak more to that for us. Yeah. But you guys will have to stay tuned to next week.
0: Nice. Okay, cool. That, that sounds really good. I actually was just having that conversation with someone regarding um, the like ever evolving or ever changing categories or labels that we put on ourselves sometimes mm-hmm. we do it ourselves sometimes it's thrust upon us like i think yeah. hispanic was on the hispanic community like that's a word that was created by the nixon administration to to label you know those us, the group of people mm-hmm. that they refer to, <laughs> um, and and uh, and so I think it's it's a definitely it's an interesting topic. I was when I was having that conversation, I was like, it it's it is ever evolving. I think because people are, are always evolving. So yeah, sometimes, sure. like you know, I am comfortable with certain things, and sometimes I my perception or my perspective changes. So if like today I want to call myself Chicano, tomorrow I want to call myself. You know, Latinx or, you know, Hispanic, that's my prerogative because it is my identity.
1: And I don't want Mm -hmm. to get
0: too into it because you want to talk about next time. But um, I think that that's what's kind of interesting, especially like with when you see award shows and you see people talking about their respective communities, like the LGBTQIA community or indigenous people or African Americans or people of color, just in general. And people will say, you know, oh, well, why why is it, you know, they're constantly changing their names. Like we used to be able to call people Native American or, you know, uh, and now we're calling them indigenous. And it's like, well, because people change, people evolve. And yeah, and yeah. we're trying to be respectful of community. And if someone is telling you, this is what my preferred pronoun, my preferred name is. Is it hard to to say that? Like if, if you say, you know, I prefer to go by Daniel versus Danny, why why should that be like a political movement? <laughs> or right. like, it, it, it's not, a, it's just, that's what you want to go by. Did you at mm-hmm. one point maybe like to get called Dan or did your parents maybe call you whatever? It, yes, but now you're a 44 year old man and maybe your perspective has changed and that's how you feel today. So like, of course, right. different communities are going to feel like that. Um, And so I, I embrace it. Like, if you want to be called whatever you want, like go for it. Like, I don't think (laughs) we should force labels on anyone. If one person feels comfortable being called Chicano and the next person feels comfortable being Hispanic. Cool. Like that's on them. Yeah. But as a, as a community, I think it's a nice gesture to, to everyone to say Latin X and have it be more inclusive uh, why not like what what can you say that that is the negative of trying to be more inclusive like there's no drawback of that you know anyway uh, i'll save some of that for i guess next week before, that's like, definitely what you think. call a
1: teaser yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you get more of that next week
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah i mean it and it does kind of play into what we're talking about with like the award shows and and I think that, like you said, people that you normally root for to win typically don't win and like your team Ted Lasso, I I definitely do that with like, when I see people of color, like, and especially, I mean, people that are Hispanic or Latinx, like when I see someone on there, I'm like, oh my God, like they made it. Like it, it feels good. It's Mm -hmm. like affirming. It's Mm -hmm. like, yes, someone in our community, like was able to against so many odds, make it in the entertainment industry or make it in the film industry and um it's such a good feeling to be able to see that and it's so few and far between that it's like we have to work so hard to be able to debbie allen kind of alluded to that when she said like yeah it's your time like i did my work like it's exactly i paved the
1: path for you Yeah. yeah
0: and so and i thought that was so cool for her to say because it's so true like we look at our parents and our grandparents generation and and you know a lot of blame gets put on them like oh you're ruining the environment like you created this debt or you know you make it so unlivable for us to be able to afford houses but they've broken down so many doors for us and made it possible for us to do so many things that like we should have so much respect and gratitude towards that generation because if not for them we would you know segregation uh you know people being put into internment camps you know people not mm-hmm. being able to go and mm-hmm. marry who they want to live so like Let's give them some credit for like all the hard work and all the accomplishments that, that they've done in their lifetime. And let's honor that by picking up the torch and working hard as well and breaking down those doors. And until it's like normal, until we can watch the Emmys, the Grammys, the Oscars, and there's just as many people of color winning as there are historically white people. That's when we can relax. Like that's when we can say, like, okay, equality. But until then, if it's just one freaking award that's being given out to like best writer, no, that's mm-hmm. not that's not mm-hmm. sufficient. Like we're at we're still in a, a negative. Like we still have to make it uh, make it up. So yeah, get off my soapbox. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well no, stay up on the soapbox because just gonna just a little bit about that with um so I saw some people posting that. If we want to have more, be more than just presenters yeah. and actually win the awards, we need to have our kind join the academy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think that's what the whole focus was on. That the majority of the actual academy voters are these white male, I guess, and mm-hmm. they're voting for the people that they know. Yeah. So, or maybe the shows that they gravitate to
0: that they relate and
1: to, that they relate yeah. to. Yeah, exactly. So we need to have more people of color or um, whomever in the in the voting academy body in order to make that equality happen. So I think there's been like a few membership drives to get that if they're in the industry and they're not part of the academy, let's get you signed up, let's get you in there, so you can have that opportunity to advance that.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think that I'm glad that people are are paying attention to more of where the power dynamic actually is like in the actual Mm -hmm. academy versus, you know, that, that naive old school attitude of like, well, if you do good work, you'll get the recognition as if there isn't gatekeepers not allowing us in to make movies. Mm -hmm. Like who, who is the, who are the studio heads? Who are the people that are in charge at NBC, CBS and ABC? And, you know, we can't just green light our own projects. Like we have to, present that to someone in power and if they're not letting us get that work yeah you can go on to youtube or you can create independent movies but like do people have unlimited resources to be able to do that no so like Mm -hmm. let's like look at the places that are going to really make change and like put people in power that honor and respect diversity and are part of the community um that is underrepresented so that we can get real change in hollywood like it's not just an award for best supporting actress it's like let's get you know a person of color in charge of sony or disney or Mm -hmm. you know netflix like it's 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 about power it's about like people who control (laughs) the power and and not just like if i do really hard work you know if i work really well and i'm funny enough if i'm you know talented enough like i'll get the recognition no because it's opportunities that are denied to, to people that, you know, are preventing us from being able to participate in it. So.
1: Absolutely. I'm
0: all about it. Let's get more people on the Academy board or, you know, the whatever, Emmy board and be able to vote people in and like, let's hear different stories. Like we're, I'm tired. I'm tired of the same old story and I'm tired of actors with a British accent always being the ones that win. Like, (laughs) I know you're like team Ted Lasso and like half the people on there are like not even half oh, like British. Yeah, 99% are British, but like Kate Winslet, uh, you know, the cast of Ted Lasso, like even Michaela Cole, like, you know, she's African, but like British, like, I just like, can we hear some like American accents or like Spanish? Well, accents? Let's, let's hope for, for next year
1: when, um, reservation dogs is more than just a presenter at the Emmys. Yeah. That was and cool. So I'll give a, yeah, I'll give a final shout out to the Reservation Dogs. I watched the, the whole ep- season 1, finally caught up with it. They had their season finale yesterday or this past Monday and and I want to give a shout out to um Dallas Goldtooth the, who plays like the warrior spirit. Yeah. He is absolutely fantastic and if you haven't seen that yet, anyone out there, go watch Reservation Dogs just for him. It, he's that he's that good. Nice. So yeah I think that that's all I got for this week.
0: yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up <laughs> 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 it's been it's been a long week and it, it, i'm I'm glad to be back um for the listeners that that noticed that we were gone last week., uh, we both had a lot that we were doing, and so um it wasn't possible for us to to do a show, but I think we needed a little bit of a break, a little bit of to recoup and and get yeah, recharged, yeah, recharge for sure. Um, so it's full steam ahead. Um, like Danny said, we, we've got some stuff brewing for, for our next podcast. So thank you so much for everyone who has listened. Any new subscribers or listeners, thank you so much. Um, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe on YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, we very much appreciate it. Um, we would love to have you follow us on all of our social media and suggest any topics that you'd like to hear us ramble on about. Milan. <laughs>
1: <Ramel on>. yep. <laughs> All right everyone, thank you again. We appreciate you.
0: Yep, have a good week. Stay safe.
1: Stay safe everyone.